Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to churchescare.com to explore the possibilities. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And if you're just tuning in to us right now on the uh, the Exxon TV channel or on Simul Radio or Simul TV or on the Exxon Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about our broadcast schedule on the Exxon Broadcast Network, it's xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on SimulTV, it's simultv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is a lady from the most beautiful city in the world, the friendliest city in the world, the city that I love and called home for many years. Lainey Dolphin is our special guest, and she is in Montreal. Now, uh, she has been interpreting her own and her client's dreams for years during her lectures, as well as through her books, Have a Great Dream, book one, The Overview, Decoding Your Dreams to Discover Your Full Potential, and its companion, Have a Great Dream, book two, A Deeper Discussion. Lainey's goal is to introduce the public to the value of understanding their dreams. Lainey came to her work 45 years ago after entering Freudian psychoanalysis for depression resulting from giving birth to a daughter suffering from Down syndrome. Freudian psychoanalysis largely employs dreams as the key to unveiling the psyche. Fascinated by the process, she then enrolled at the, uh, the Gestalt Counseling and Training Center certificate program and advanced from there. Today she runs the Dream Interpretation Center in Montreal where she has been providing guidance to individuals and professional colleagues on dream analysis. Now while she continues to do private consultations on the phone or via Skype, Lainey also offers workshops, 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 yeah, workshops for those wishing to learn her unique system. Her website is haveagreatdream.com. And joining me now from the most beautiful city in the world, Montreal, is Lainey Dolphin. And uh, Lainey, welcome back to the Exxon. Great talking to you again. Yes, you too, Rob. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, how, how did you get, you know, I, I understand, and I understand that you went to Freudian psychoanalysis, but at that time, did you have any idea how important those dreams were that you were having every night were and how they affected your life? Uh, actually, that was the first place that I learned 
the most important thing that I'll probably say this evening, mm -hmm. that the dream is the conversation you're having with yourself concerning a very specific current issue that you're attempting to problem solve this week. And the, an unbelievable thing which makes me so compelled about dreams even 45 years later is that the dreams re reveal the solution to the problems. And understanding the language mm -hmm. gives you a certain power, comfort, and flexibility in re deciding how you want to react to a person or a situation. So it's like an incredible opportunity, which it was for me, and it continues to be even 45 years later. It's an opportunity to escape your repetitive and tired responses um, that you may be accustomed to from childhood. And I, I would like to begin the show by just giving you uh, the the um, sort of the end of the story first. Okay, sure. So that the rest of our conversation will be in its right context. Uh, when we're born, mm -hmm. we come into the world whole, and we have a plethora of possibilities. We have the ability to be shy, to be assertive, to be giving, to be selfish, um, to be courageous, to be chicken. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. everything, and the people that bring us up teach us that it's more better to be one way than another. And so we become over-exercised, I like to call it, or Frederick Pearls would have called it, over-invested in certain aspects of our personality and under-invested in others. And a really quick and easy example that just gets right to the point is that, for example, I'll use myself as an example, sure. I was brought up by uh, European parents. Mm -hmm. And in my house, when I was six or seven, and my father was an absolute doll, but boy, did he have a temper. <laughs> and if he was yelling at me, and I was six or seven, I could not look at him and say, excuse me, I don't like how you're speaking to me right now, because I would have landed in my bedroom. Or on so, Mars, or on the moon, or on Jupiter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so I learned to become um, under-exercised in speaking up and over-exercised in shutting up. And so that becomes our knee-jerk reaction. Right. And your knee-jerk reaction never goes away. So I'm 66 now, but when I was 40, I was studying at the Alfred Adler Institute, mm -hmm. um, dream, specifically dream analysis with Dr. Leo Gold. And also when I was 40, that was when my dad passed away. And so it was at that period of time in my life, I was finding my voice and trying to exercise it. And one night I had an argument with Andy, my husband, who's also an absolute sweetheart and also has a temper. And he raised his voice to me during the argument and I stood there not saying a word. That was my knee-jerk over-exercised reaction. And when I went to sleep that night, I dreamt about an aunt of mine who at the time had already been dead for like 15 years. But using a symbol's point of entry, I asked myself very quickly, what are the first two or three things that come to my mind when I think about her? And right away, I would say to you, and I would still say it today, she had the biggest mouth of anybody I ever met. She was like probably the most ass um, <laughs> assertive person. And if she didn't like you, she had no problem letting you know. Well, that's good and to know where you stand with the person. Exactly. Yeah. And she was the solution to the issue with, with Andy. And so because I knew that, and I'm you're not going to go from being someone who's afraid to speak up to this 
you know, big assertive yeah. person overnight. But if you understand the, the language of the metaphor, and I knew that she was the solution to the problem, I woke up the next morning and I took just a little bit of her and I said, Andy, could you please not raise your voice at me like that? It, it hurts my feelings and it makes me feel like I'm seven and I'm standing with my dad. And so that was the first time that I really exercised that muscle. And now it's like 26 years later mm -hmm. and he doesn't yell at me anymore <laughs> because you get more that's the whole thing about dreams for me is that all these different parts of yourself you can take it all back and if you understand the language of the dreams and you realize your unconscious mind is uh, will positively point you in the appropriate response to whatever your current situation is this week so can we say that when we dream, it gives us the opportunity of seeing ourselves and strengthening ourselves based on how we, when we're on the outside looking in, we, we see where we go wrong and we're also given the opportunity to, to learn and better ourselves. Exactly. And of course, and Freud called that uh, maturation and Jung called it individuation. And it's that point in our lives mm -hmm. where slowly but surely we let go of who our parents told us we have to be. Right. And that crossover into being all of who you really are. You know, and for yeah. me, when it comes to life situations, and I, I, I always say this, and and hopefully my children and my husband know I model it. There isn't, there's no such thing as good or bad or right or wrong. For me, there's appropriate and inappropriate. Right. And the question in the example I just gave you, is it appropriate for me to be shaking in my boots when I'm speaking to my husband who's my equal and I'm not seven anymore and he's not my father? So it becomes inappropriate for me to be shaking in my boots and not speaking up. But you must admit, you also have to understand and best communicate with your partner. Otherwise, you're just adding fuel to an already going fire. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, my dear, is I'm so happy you said that. That is what the dreams give you. They give you, it's not an accident that, you know, mm -hmm. that somebody that you went to school with like uh, 20 years ago appears in your dream. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to a young man a couple of days ago who was telling me that he's climbing up a ladder in the dream and there's papers piled all around the ladder. And there's this old schoolmate of his up at the top of the ladder encouraging him up. And it's hard for him to get up the ladder because of all the paper everywhere. And the dream turned out to be about um, about the fact that he's got so much work on his desk. Right. And when I asked him about that person at the top of the ladder, what comes to your mind when you think about that person, his response was that person is a really selfish kind of guy and he was needing to access that ability that All right, he has. Lainey, we've got to take our break. Please stand by. Exonation Lainey Dolphin is our guest of this hour. Her website is haveagreatdream.com. I'm Rob McConnell. Lainey and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
ExoNation Lainey Dolphin is our special guest this hour. Her website is Have a Great Dream. That's Have a Great Dream. Dot com. Before we went to the break, Lane, you were telling us about uh, this this client's dream where he was climbing up the ladder, and at the top of the ladder was somebody he went to school with. Right, and he and there's paper all mm-hmm. around, and the dream turned out to be about how much work he was having, and the person at the top of the ladder, his associations to that fellow who he went to school with, is that he was a very selfish, selfish guy, wow. and so. In other words, he is saying the dream is expressing that the his potential to think about himself is the part of him that's encouraging him to go up the ladder. And the reason the the uh, event that triggered the dream was about the fact that he had so much work on his desk mm-hmm. and his friends were asking him to go out to a movie and he just couldn't say no. And it, I, when and when you want to look deeper in a dream, because the dream at the first level is always about something that either happened to you yesterday or something that you thought about yesterday. And so if we want to look at the surface reason why he had that dream, it's about the fact that he's finding himself unable to say or he's not exercising the part of him that knows how to say, I can't go to a movie tonight because I want to look after myself and the work that's on my desk because I'll feel better. And if you want to look deeper into the dream and do the Freudian thing, then you can start looking at um, where does that come from that he's like that. Mm. And often I hear, you know, after 45 years, I can tell you that typically, and I don't mean always, but typically if you grow up in a house full of siblings, the message you're getting from your parents is that it's not okay to be selfish because you hear sentences like, you better share your toys and go look after your brother. And so you get in the mode of always doing for. And uh, similarly, or conversely, people who are brought up as an only child, they don't have to share their toys and they don't have to look after their siblings. So they get the feeling that it's okay and they don't have to share their parents' love. So they get the feeling uh, a, a great comfort about looking after themselves. And so we grow up into these certain kinds of personalities. That's where you get the people who can't say no gotcha. because they're over-exercised in saying yes and giving. What happens if you don't dream? Well, dreaming is just thinking. So all of us are dreaming every night, actually about two hours a night. Mm-hmm. And so whether you remember them or you don't, you're still problem solving. But if you remember them and you bring it out into waking life, you talk about it and you understand the language, then you can absolutely propel your problem solving skills. Like this woman, for example, this is another one that just came to me not that long ago that I absolutely love. She's playing with a little puppy and she's so excited that she got this puppy Mm -hmm. and it's on a table right in front of her, like up on the table. And all of a sudden, the puppy poos all over the place, including all over her. And the dream was about this uh, job that she was so excited that she got. And within two weeks, she found out that her boss is totally abusive and was basically, in a metaphoric way, pooing all over her. And so when you want to look for the solution in the dream, one of my favorite I call them points of entry. One of my favorite points of entry, finding a solution, 
is to take the pictures in the dream and bring them outside as if it's happening in waking life. And I asked her, what would you do if that really happened? If you really had a puppy up on a table and it pooed all over you, what would you do? She said, well, the first thing I'd do is get it off the table. And the second thing I would do is clean it up. So, and clean myself up. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what happened. She, so the dream, she probably would have quit her job anyway, if she was a person who doesn't remember her dreams, but maybe it would have taken her a month longer than it took because once she saw what that dream was about and understood it, she took the job off the table and she quit. I don't think there's a person listening tonight who hasn't said to somebody when faced with the situation, well, let me sleep on it. Yes. <laughs> That's great. You know, and that, that is my, my perception of how we actually do process problems or situations when we're asleep and we wake up with the solutions. I know this happens to me on a weekly basis where I'll yes. have a situation here at the office or at the studios or at home with any of our grandchildren or our children and, and my wife will say, well, what do you think, Robbie? And I'll say, let me sleep on it. And it really works. It like does. Jack Nicholas improved his game by 10 strokes overnight. Yeah. And so, we know that Paul McCartney, which song was it? Was it yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was yesterday. Or which is the song that says Mother Mary comes to me? Let it be. Let it be. His, be and it came from a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Something else that happens to me in a dream is that I know I'm in a dream and I can be in a dream, in a dream, in a dream. <laughs> um, in You know, that is just so amazing because in uh, book two of Have a Great Dream, mm -hmm. um, I, t I talk about that and I use... Uh, these mirrors that I used to have in the house that I grew up in, in right. the washroom, there was uh, two mirrors. And if you close the door, you could see yourself behind yourself, behind yourself. Yeah. You know yeah. that when you look in two mirrors both sure. ways sure. and, uh, and that is, that's what happens. That's kind of what I was describing with the man who was going up the ladder. Mm -hmm. And then you can look back and back and back and you can find out where the way you behave originates and make uh, different judgments about it as an adult. And you might decide to yeah. change, change your behavior. Well, but well, I, I, I just, uh, just kept ch checking the time because I know you're going to take another break. But I was going to give you another direct um, solution sure. example okay. that came from Elias Howe, who invented the sewing machine, who was so close to the invention, but he just couldn't figure out what to do with the needle. Mm -hmm. And he went to sleep and dreamt that he was captured by cannibals who stuck him in a pot of boiling water. And every time he tried to get out, they would all push him back in with their spears and he looked down and realized that at the tip of every spear there was a hole and when he woke up in the morning he realized that he needed to put the hole in the needle down at the bottom not up at the top and the sewing machine was invented fascinating i when, love it when i'm having these dreams and and i know i'm dreaming because over the years, I've developed a method to find out if I'm dreaming, and that is simply try to read something, whether it's a newspaper, a sign, whatever. If I cannot read something that should be so simple for me to read, I know I'm having a dream, and man, the sky's the limit. Yeah, 
that's so you do a little bit of lucid dreaming there. Yeah, a lot of it. I like that. <laughs> and you can manipulate the dream. Oh, you sure can. But, and for me, lucidity um, is good if it's inside the dream or outside the dream. Like if you understand what the dream is about mm-hmm. and you're able to have a discussion once you nail what the problem is, once you've deconstructed the dream and you know what situation is about, you are lucid. And so for me, it's okay if you're lucid during the dream at night, Mm -hmm. but if you realize what the problem's about and you're talking about it, then you are also making yourself lucid. Same thing. So how does somebody know if they've arrived at the proper interpretation of a dream? You feel it inside, you know it. And the the unconscious is so sophisticated Mm -hmm. that it's just miraculous. I'm just so conscious of the time. Um, uh, so I, cause I have another, I have a one picture dream that just tells you right the way it is about how sophisticated we are. And, and so, and then there's no kind of like the dreamer tells you when it's right, because you feel it inside. It's called an aha. And right. I had this one woman who dreamt that she had a piglet stuck to her breast. That's the whole dream. And so using an action point of entry, mm-hmm. I asked her, wow, you had a piglet stuck to your breast. You must have been running around like a maniac trying to get it off you. And she said, no, I was just standing there looking at it. So before you even know the dreamer or anything about that person, we already know that either the dream is reflecting her underreaction in waking life Or is the dream giving her a rehearsal because she overreacted to something that hurt her and she needs to stay with whatever discomfort she has and not over and not react. So I don't know if the dream is a rehearsal or a reflection. And since we know at the first level, it's about yesterday, Mm -hmm. I asked her, what did you do yesterday? Who did, where'd you go? Who were you with? Oh, I was with my sister shopping on Sherbrooke Street. And I said, oh, okay, why don't you tell me a couple of things about your sister? Is she shy? Is she happy-go-lucky? Is she serious? What kind of person is she? And she gives me a couple of um, explanations, and none of them really click. And when you get it right, by the way, it clicks so perfectly, it's stunning. And so we moved on to the next thing. Who else did you see? Well, we ran into my ex-boyfriend. Oh, could you tell me a few things about him? And the first thing that she said to me was, he is such a dependent little pig. (laughs) (laughs) And right away, she started laughing because I guess we found the piglet. (laughs) I guess. Lainey, stand by, dear. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Okay. (laughs) Exo Nation, the one and only Lainey Dolphin is our special guest this hour. If you'd like to contact Lainey for a private one-on-one consultation or contact her about any of the many courses that she has available, Visit her online on haveagreatdream.com. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Thank you. 
Welcome back, everyone. Lainey Dolphin is my special guest this hour. Her website is haveagreatdream.com. Now, before I get back to having a great conversation with my fellow Montrealer guest this hour, Lainey Dolphin, I would just like to remind everyone to please go to www.simultv.com. That's S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. And there you will find a place where you can get over 130 international worldwide channels, including the X-Zone TV channel. And you can, let's see, there's Fox News, there's Bloomberg, there are cartoons, old westerns, uh, movie channels. There are so many things that you can, that you'll have access to around the world. Now, something you may not know, X-Zone Nation, that if you sign up for, let's say, Netflix or Amazon, you only get the, the movies that are available in that country. For example, if you are in Japan and you're on Netflix, you don't get all the English channels that you get back here in Canada and the United States. Uh Uh-uh. You get the Netflix Japanese movies. However, with Simul TV, wherever you are on this beautiful planet of ours, you get the over 130 international channels that you get at home, no matter where you are in the world. You get the videos on demand, no matter where you are in the world. You get all the radio stations, no matter where you are around the world. And a lot more. Once again, the website is www.simultv.com. Lainey Dolphin is our guest. We're talking about dreams this hour here on the Exxon. Lainey's website is www.haveagreatdream.com. Lainey, we've, we've talked about a couple of different uh, dreaming scenarios. But what happens, is, is there any special significance to, to a dream that is religiously based? Uh, well, probably. I mean, dreams are about the person. Okay. And another thing I should have explained um, is that what, every single memory and association mm-hmm. that you have ever had right. since you're born is stored in that unbelievable database called your unconscious and so that's why you can't really look up in a book, uh, you know, what it means if, you know, if you dream about a horse, because what a horse means to you and what a horse means to me couldn't possibly be exactly the same. So mm-hmm. our memories and associations are as unique to each of us as a fingerprint and people that are dreaming, you know, and so uh, dreaming about certain aspect of religion is all going to be based on what their memories and associations are. Each dreamer and each person is so unique. And that's the reason why you can never tell a person what their dream is about. That's why some people call me a dream interpreter. And I always correct them and say, no, I'm a dream analyst. Because with me, it's not a thing where you come and tell me your dream and I tell you what it means. It's much more a conversation where the dreamer tells me their dream and I ask a series of questions and the dreamer ends up telling me what the dream is about. Is there a a pattern that you've been able to establish over the years about what type of person has what type of dream? Well, the dreams absolutely. It's I teach at uh, Concordia to the counseling students. Right. I often use um, my own dream that I had, you know, forty six years ago after I gave birth to Tina, my my eldest daughter, um, and I um, had a dream. Uh, that I was in a freight elevator, and the freight elevator 
for me is not feeling my ground because it's this big wide space mm -hmm. and I'm in it alone and you know that wobbly floor that you get oh, yeah. in a freight elevator at least the old-fashioned kind and also there's a big space so there's nobody in there I'm in there myself and I often before I talk about what the dream was about or what the solution was I ask the people in the room what is your solution to the freight elevator dream do you have a solution by the way like, what would you sure. do in the freight elevator dream? I would go up or down. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you'd be pushing buttons. Oh, definitely. Okay, and then there's people in the in the room that say, I would sit down. And then there's some, I, I had a guy not that long ago say to me that he would go out the uh, out the roof of the elevator he'd make sure that there's a door up there and he'd get out and these are comments about who we are as people like you're a person that's going to go push the button so in other words i want to ask you are you a take care of it kind of guy definitely exactly and someone else in the room who says they would like to sit down i ask that person and are you a type of person that when you're in a situation you sit back first and think about it before you react and the guy, you know, the guy who's looking to climb out the sure. top of the elevator, we all know where he's at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, make a new plan, Stan. Exactly. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Exactly. <laughs> he's someone that wants to get out of whatever situation is happening. And for me, the solution to the freight elevator dream was to invite people into the elevator. Because by inviting people into the elevator, you put weight on the floor and it stops wobbling. And also the space becomes smaller because there's people all around you. And it was during that period of time, uh, my eldest daughter was born with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, a doctor who I so trusted from the time that I was born advised us not to take Tina home. And that was like 46 years ago. Most people, when they had a Down's baby, didn't take them home. They had them institutionalized. And I did that except those the freight elevator dreams started happening about three, four months later. Mm -hmm. And I and it was because of those dreams and my personal associations to freight elevators had to do with my dad, who used to have a warehouse down on Queen Street in Montreal. And and so it was the clue for me to invite my parents in a in a metaphoric way. I called my parents and I asked them come with me and let's go see where Tina is because this whole thing about her not being in my life, it just didn't fit for me. Yeah. It didn't fit. And so I ended up, you know, Tina ended up being a very big part of my life after that. And she never did live with me, but she was certainly a very big part of my life. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago, actually. I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, that, but, but, but she had such a full and beautiful life and she was the most happy person I think I ever met. So I have no uh, regrets about Tina, but it was the freight elevator dream that brought me to the solution about bringing her into my life and asking my parents to come with me. And they were so happy to do that too. Excellent. What about nightmares? What can you tell us about nightmares? I don't know anyone who has not had a nightmare. Of course. And a nightmare is a very healthy thing. It is? because Yes, wow. because we are self-regulating organisms. Mm -hmm. And so whatever it is that we are underreacting to during the day, the dream is going to overreact. And it does two, it serves two functions. One is that it creates a balance. 
And the other thing it does is a nightmare is your healthy unconscious mind successfully grabbing your attention because it wants you to look at something. And uh, I call this, uh, what I'm gonna say to you, I call it welcome to the human race because we humans, during the day anyway, mm -hmm. are famous for sweeping, lying, denying, and avoiding. Oh boy, it's not the truth. <laughs> it's like, welcome to the race. This yeah. is what we do. And your unconscious, though, never doesn't do that. Your unconscious will create the balance. And so if you had an argument or something with one of your kids or something upset you at work and you say to yourself, ah, you know what? That person didn't bother me. I know she's having a hard time and I'm not going to take it seriously. But inside, you were feeling hurt or upset by it your dream, then you're going to go to sleep at night and your dream won't get you a little upset. It will get you very upset. Mm. It'll go to the complete other extreme, trying to get a small reaction from you, trying to grab your attention. So would that mean metaphorically that if somebody dreams of dying, that what they're doing is actually wanting to do more in life, to get more out of life? Well, let me give you two very quick dying dreams. Okay. Um, one comes from a, um, a news anchor in New York City who dreamt uh, that she fell out of a building mm -hmm. and hit the ground and got up and walked away. And that was a comment about her personality because she's the type of person that when she hits rock bottom, she knows how to pick herself up right. and move on, which I have a feeling you are also like that. I know that from the freight elevator dream. And the, um, another uh, example of dying was my own daughter years ago. She's in her 40s now, but years ago, she dreamt that she had three weeks to live. And in the dream, she knew that if she would come to me, that I'd be able to help because I'm a take care of it kind of person. Right. And so, she, but I couldn't help her in the dream. And she only had three weeks to live. And it turned out to be about the fact that her exams were three weeks away. And she was correct because I could not help her. <laughs> you know, and if you use expressions, if your language during the day is, I was so embarrassed, I thought I was going to die. Mm -hmm. Or if you say, my exams are coming, I'm dying. I don't think I'm going to make it. If you talk like that and you think like that, then it will come in the form of a picture. Because dreaming is just thinking. It's thinking with pictures. So, for example, if Lainey, there's something I'm going, about to have to, me, I'm going to have to stop you here. We'll pick okay. this up on the other side of our final break. Exo okay. Nation, my guest this hour is Lainey Dolphin, and her website is haveagreatdream.com. And Lainey and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, many good nights in Montreal, Miss Montreal, the most beautiful city in the world. La joie de vie à Montréal, you can't beat it. I'm Rob McConnell, don't go away.
And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Lainey Dolphin is our special guest, and her website is haveagreatdream.com. And Lainey, before we went to the commercial break, I had to pull a little bit of a cliffhanger with you. So if you could just finish that, uh, that analysis that you were giving us. Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Can you tell I'm 66? <laughs> oh, no, I can't, as a matter of I know fact. It was, I know we were talking about dying. Yes. But... I don't remember what it was I was going to say. Okay, well, no harm done. No harm done. Um, but I, I could, um, I was going to actually from, I, I was going to pick up something from that we talked about earlier okay. to ask you, because um, it's fun to do that with you, what comes to your mind when you think about a horse? What are your associations to a horse? Strength, agility, freedom. Uh, and so if you're dreaming about a horse, mm -hmm. then it will have something to do just to illustrate to you how different all of us are and why you can't use those dictionaries. Because for you, it's an, uh, it's something about strength and freedom. Yes. And for me, it's about something that I started out liking that I don't really like too much anymore because I'm, I'm not feeling like I have my balance. I see. And that's because I used to love horseback riding. Mm -hmm. And when I was about 10 years old, I got on a horse and they didn't do the um, saddle up uh, properly. Ooh. And as I was cantering, I started very slowly, mm -hmm. but surely going sideways on the horse yeah. until I was like at a 90 degree angle. And so that's what you want to look at when you have a dream is be interviewing yourself and asking yourself questions about the images and the mood and the scene or the plot. And that will help you uncover why you had that dream last night. Well, so, and I, and I give you those uh, pointers in, in the first uh, book um, so that, you know, it's only, uh, I think 112 pages and that includes the pictures. Right. And that's because my, uh, Youngest daughter is 25, and she has taught me along the way that even though the 350-page second book is um, very, very uh, filled with depth, um, if you want to really investigate the subject of dream analysis, there are also people like my husband walking around who just want to know very quickly, why was I flying on a cow last night? And they don't want to to relate to their early childhood relationship with their mother. Yeah. <laughs> so book one, <laughs> book one is just to teach you how to uncover what situation in your life triggered mm -hmm. the dream and how to find a quick solution for whatever issue you're facing this week. All right. I got to ask you this question, Lainey. Why do, do most people always dream about being naked at one time or another. Oh, I love that. I love that question. What is it with me? <laughs> um, well, the one thing about you want to talk about how do you feel in the dream? That's another point of entry. And some of the easiest point of entry is to ask yourself, how did I feel in the dream? And it's like a dance. Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, I felt very exposed. And then you come outside the dream and ask yourself, what's going on this week? A situation that's making me feel exposed and vulnerable. 
But I was going to say, like, one of my favorite things is uh, I was talking to a young man a few weeks ago who was saying that he was dreaming he was naked and nothing bothered him. Mm. And that could be, Freud said, an early childhood memory of when you were naked and nobody cared and it didn't matter. <laughs> and I love that. So I think it has to do with you want to like look at how you're feeling in the dream and how is that reflecting what situation. Maybe you're naked because you were so perfectly honest with somebody and you showed your real self. Okay. Why do we forget our dreams? Why can't we remember them all the time? Well, there's a, a, a function in the frontal lobe that's not operating at the same capacity when REM is happening. So there's a physiological reason why you're not remembering. You, you know, the, there's, it's inactive memory formation during REM in the front part of your brain. So, it, so it's, it's okay not to remember because you're still thinking and you're still problem solving. But if you want to improve your dream recall, mm -hmm. the first thing you can do is make a decision that you want to remember a dream because intention is everything. And you put paper and pen beside the bed and make a decision that I'm going to get up in the morning and you can even try and visualize yourself reaching for the pen to start writing the dream down. And uh, those are some of the ways that you can do it. Uh, Robbie Bosnack has an exercise that I also love where you just sit in a chair and you look at your watch and keep looking at it, notice the hands and notice everything about it. And then um, close your eyes and picture it in, in your, uh, you know, with your eyes closed and then open your eyes and look at it again. And those exercises like that prepare you for dream recall even you can even uh, look around the room mm -hmm. and look at all the pictures and paintings that are on the wall and the furniture and just take your time looking around the room and then close your eyes and picture yourself walking around the room and that gives you the exercise of what it feels like to wake up from a dream i mean sometimes i wake up and i say to myself where where was i <laughs> And suddenly something comes back and it's the most uh, miraculous thing because once you remember one thing from the dream, you can actually start moving backwards. And uh, it's really a strange phenomenon, the, the memory, how one little thread, you can pull it in and start remembering what happened before that and before that and before that. Do we dream more as soon as we go to sleep or just before we wake up? Well, the thing is, is that your the dreams are longer as you get closer to the morning. Okay. And you are also in a lighter sleep because by then you're already in stage one. And so it's easier for you to remember. The chances of you remembering close to the morning are better. Like, don't wake up in the middle of the night and have an unbelievable dream and say to yourself, I'm definitely going to remember this in the morning. You want to write it down because when you get up in the morning, it won't be there anymore. What about people who say that when they're asleep and they go into a dream, they can actually leave their body? Yeah, now you're getting spooky on me. Because <laughs> I know that people say, talk about that, yeah. but my... Uh, shall we say expertise in in dreaming is the metaphor okay the work with the metaphor and so um you know 
You remind me that I was uh, speaking once um, at a conference in at a university in Hawaii, and uh, they had a Tibetan monk speaking. And I was so interested to hear what he said. And he was saying that when we're asleep at night, that we're, our soul leaves our body. And I just mm-hmm. love this concept. And I absolutely believe it, too, even though... I look at dreams from a psychological perspective. I happen to be a spiritual person and the idea of my soul leaving my body. And he said, and you go to the other plane. And then, you know, if you're aware of that, then you're less afraid of dying. And when you get there, you're more familiar with it. And so we walked out of the lecture and I ran into Dr. Milton Kramer, who is a New York vraiment Freudian analyst. And I said to him, um, Dr. Kramer, how did you like what that Tibetan monk said about your soul traveling when we go to sleep at night? And he said, you know, he's like this Jewish Freudian analyst. (laughs) And he he looked at me and he said to me, you know, when I go to sleep at night, I'm too tired to travel. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was fantastic. All right, so I've got, I've, I believe in that stuff, but it's not what I do professionally. All right, well, let me ask you something that I'm sure that you've been asked professionally before. What about these dreams where teeth fall out? Oh, I, I like that one, too. And so here's a couple of, because you want to attach the dream to what's going on right. in your life this week. But using an image like that about teeth falling out, One could be because you have something to say and the dream is giving you a rehearsal literally to spit it out, like to to get something out of your mouth. Right. And uh, all of us, when we are six or seven years old, all humans, we all lose our teeth. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we have absolutely no control over. And I spoke to um, uh, one of my clients years ago who knew that her boyfriend was about to break off with her. She knew it somewhere inside, even though she wasn't facing it during the day. It was the inevitable, and it was something that she had no control over. And so she was dreaming about her teeth falling out. (laughs) You know, and sometimes people dream about teeth falling out when you're worried about how you look, worried about your appearance. Or is it a transition? Is it because you're turning 30 or 40 or 50 or 60? Or so, is it because the end of the interview is here? Lainey, uh, <laughs> we've got to, we have to say so long for tonight, Lainey, but you'll be back in the future. I want to thank you so much for joining us. A great, great time talking to you. Me and, too, Will. Um, thank you so much for having me. Well, my great pleasure, and we look forward to having you back again at ExoNation. If you'd like to contact Lainey, her website is www.haveagreatdream. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget you can get your copy of the X-Chronicles newspaper online with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. I'll be back.